Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Midtown Community Church. My name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church. And if you are visiting with us this evening, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for being here with us, and Merry Christmas to all of you. Now, show of hands, uh, how many of you here tonight think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Just, we're gonna do this for real, like show of hands. All right, I have another, all right, one more question. Um, how many of you are wrong? Just go real quick, okay. Die Hard is for sure a Christmas movie, okay? Um, but I, I can understand if you don't think that it is, right? Like. It's, it's got some Christmas setting, uh, there, there's some Christmas music in the score, but you know, it doesn't really put you in that comfy, cozy Christmas feeling. Um, I don't know, maybe like intense violence and strong profanity don't get you in the mood for Christmas. But all of that violence and profanity aside, Matthew chapter two that Chris and Erica just read for us have about as much like feel of a Christmas service as Die Hard does actually as a Christmas movie. Uh, a passage with the slaughtering of infants and uh, mothers weeping for their lost children doesn't exactly scream, have a holly jolly Christmas. But I think that this text has something unique to teach us as we approach the Christmas season. It, it wakes us out of our holiday stupor and, and puts a face in our truth, or puts a truth in our face that we can't ignore. And that is that Christmas is a confrontation. Christmas is a confrontation. Now, this story in Matthew chapter two is really part two of the big story Matthew is telling in all of Matthew chapter two. So to catch us up, let me recap quickly what happens at the beginning of Matthew chapter two. It begins with the, the famous, uh, from your mother's nativity set, wise men who come from the east in Persia. And these wise men are pagan astrologers who stumble on this star that leads them towards the Jewish Messiah. And they end up in Jerusalem in the palace of King Herod because King Herod hears that there is this baby boy that's been born that everybody is talking about as a king. And so Herod invites these wise men into his palace and tries to get some intel on the baby Jesus and they don't have any. And so Herod says, hey, how about you go to Bethlehem and uh, worship the baby Jesus, and then let me know where he's at so that I can also come and worship him. And so the wise men go, and they bring their gifts to Jesus, but then an angel visits them in a dream and says, hey, Herod is not looking to bow down and worship Jesus. Herod is looking to kill him. And so the wise men escape back to Persia by another route, and they don't go back and see Herod. And so as we read at the end of Matthew chapter 2, Herod is not pleased with any of this. And he's scared about a rival to his throne, and so he slaughters these innocent baby boys. Now, we think based on historical record and the size of the town of Bethlehem that it was probably one to two dozen boys under the age of two that Herod has killed here in Matthew chapter two. Now, it might be surprising to say, given the nature of him slaughtering children and all, but Herod actually gets something right about Christmas here. 
Herod is on to something that is true about Christmas. Uh, theologian and historian N.T. Wright was preaching one time in England. And uh, there was a famous historian in his congregation that Christmas service who happened to not be a Christian. And this historian who was at least an acquaintance with Wright came up to him at the end of the service and he said, I get it. I finally get it. Why so many people like Christmas? And this is what he said. He said, a baby threatens no one. So the whole thing is a happy event, which means nothing at all. And this is how N.T. Wright responds. I think it'll be up on the screen for you. Look, look at this quote. He says to this man, I was dumbfounded. At the heart of the Christmas story in Matthew's gospel is a baby who poses such a threat to the most powerful man around that he kills a whole village full of other babies in order to try to get rid of him. Next slide. Whatever else you say about Jesus, from his birth onwards, people certainly found him a threat. Herod understands that this child is no mere child. He is a king who has come to confront the Herods of this world. Herod understood that Christmas is a confrontation and that his own sovereignty was in jeopardy. Now, it's, it's easy for us, I think, to think about Jesus confronting people like the Herods of this world, right? Because it's easy for us to put Herod in the same category as like Hitler, like an evil tyrant that we can put over there and say, yeah, good thing Jesus comes to confront people like that over there, those types of people. But it's not that simple. The story of the Bible, you see, tells us that there is a part of Herod in all of us. And to understand that, I think we need to walk all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that God made everything, and he made it good, and that he made human beings to rule underneath him. Uh, the text in Genesis 1 talks about human beings like kings and queens who were put on earth to rule the earth underneath the authority and kingship of God himself. We, all of us as human beings, were made to flourish, exercising rule underneath the authority of God himself. But that goes horribly wrong. In Genesis chapter 3, the evil serpent comes in, Right, and what does, he start to, what does he start to do? He starts to sow seeds of doubt into the mind of Adam and Eve. He says to them, do you think God's rule over you is actually a good thing? Do you think God is as good as he claims to be? And he starts to assault God's good rule and reign over them until they actually believe the lie. And think about how silly this is, right? Right. God gave Adam and Eve the entirety of paradise to explore. He gave them dominion over it. He said, enjoy it, have a blast. And he said, don't eat of this one tree. And Satan comes in and says, are you sure that God is really as good as he says that he is? And that doubt has been with us ever since. Ever since then, we all assert our own authority in suspicion and rejection of God's authority over us. 
And as human history has borne out, the evil of the serpent has grown up inside of all of us. As Greg said at the beginning, there is darkness in all of us that causes us to resist God's rule, to resist his authority over our own lives, to try to define good and evil for ourselves. There is a little King Herod in all of us. And Jesus comes to confront our own false sense of sovereignty. Now, we probably have all had the experience of being on an airplane. And, and you know when you get on an airplane, it's, it's kind of stressful to get to your seat. But you know, like when you finally get to your seat, you're like, it's like a, it's like a sigh of relief. You can sit down, you can put your headphones in. You can pray that your neighbor doesn't talk to you, or maybe that's just me. Um, and you're like, finally, I can get some alone time and read a book. And then we've probably all had this experience, though, or have seen it happen, where you're sitting in your seat and somebody comes and taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, you're in my seat. Right? And then we're like, oh, and then we got to get our tickets and compare, and then you got to get up and, and go somewhere else. Christmas is Jesus coming to all of us with the confrontation of, you're in my seat. King Jesus is a threat to your self-sovereignty as much as he was to Herod. And we all may not lash out like Herod did. I, I certainly hope not. I hope none of us are <laughs> like that in here. But we know something of this spirit. Right, Even those of us who are Christians here, who claim to submit our lives underneath the authority of Jesus, have those areas of our life where Jesus still comes to us and says, you're in my seat. And we know what those things are. Because when Jesus presses on those things, whether it be our finances or our schedules or what we do with our own bodies or our own life plans, or whatever that thing might be for you, those are the things we recoil at, that we get defensive of instantly. Because those are the things where we are in somebody else's seat. Jesus is king, and his coming at Christmas threatens all of us. Christmas is a confrontation. And a true understanding of the meaning of Christmas has to start with us confronting the Herod in all of us. As theologian and author Fleming Rutledge says, she says, here is the key insight of the Advent season. We cannot draw a line between the righteous and the unrighteous with ourselves on the good side. So we've given credit where credit's due, maybe a little bit too much to Herod, but what he got right. But Herod got a lot wrong about Christmas as well. Let's focus on just one of those things that Herod got wrong about the true nature of Christmas. And to do that, let's look at this verse from our text this evening. So this is Matthew chapter two, verse 15. It says, Jesus stayed in Egypt. You remember Jesus fled to Egypt after they saw an angel in a dream. He fled from Herod's uh, killing of the baby boys. Jesus stayed in Egypt until Herod's death so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Now the prophet there is the prophet Hosea from the Old Testament. 
And that phrase there, out of Egypt I've called my son, would have functioned for the original readers of Matthew's gospel a lot like if I say the phrase a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to any of us here tonight. It instantly thrusts us into the midst of a story that we know well. We can conjure up scenes and images from that story. And for Matthew's gospel readers, it wasn't Star Wars, obviously. It was the true story of the Exodus, where God intervened to set his people captive from the serpent-like authority and oppression of Pharaoh. But unlike Star Wars, that story was the story of their ancestors. And what Matthew is saying here is he's saying, hey, remember that story? That story is happening again in your midst. This baby boy who was born is going to, just like Moses, lead another exodus. He is going to set people free from bondage. You see, what Herod got right was that Jesus' coming was a threat to his absolute rule. But Herod thought that King Jesus had come with a sword to wage war against him and the other kings of this world. But what Herod got wrong was that Jesus came to earth not to wage war against people and empires as such, but to wage war against the evil behind all of our tendency to exalt ourselves as gods, against the Herod in all of us. You see, Jesus the King comes to confront the darker powers of Satan, sin, and death that plague us, and he's come to bring an exodus, to set us all free. But if this is true, how is Christmas then not simply a confrontation How is Christmas not also a condemnation? In other words, how can God go to war with the evil and sin, the Herod in all of us, and not go to war with us, not condemn us? How can that happen? Well, in the book of Romans, the most famous letter by the Apostle Paul, in the most famous chapter, maybe in the entire New Testament, the Apostle Paul gives us the answer to that question. So he says there in verse one, therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. He says it boldly, plainly, but how? And why is that the case? He goes on in verse three, God condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering. So how is it the case? How can God go to war? How can King Jesus come and wage war against the Herod in us and not consume us, condemn us? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's how. The cross is how Jesus wages war against the Herod within us without condemning us. Because on the cross, Jesus confronts the sin in us, but he himself is the one who is condemned for our own sin. And so now for all of us, by submitting to King Jesus, we can acknowledge what he confronts of us. We can say, what you say is true about me is true. I have done the types of things that Herod has done. But we also, in submitting to King Jesus, say that Jesus is a deliverer 
who can set us free by his life, death, and resurrection from the Herod in all of us. All we have to do is bow our knees and worship King Jesus, the deliverer who has come to set us free. Pastor uh, Tim Keller said about Christmas, quote, if the son of God was really born in a manger, then we have lost the right to be in charge of our lives. And I think ever since the Garden of Eden, ever since the serpent placed that lie in the heads of Adam and Eve and in all of us, we all doubt whether Jesus' authority over our life is really a good thing. Like how is that authority not crushing to us? Not bad for us as human beings, we might say. And so let me assure you this Christmas that Jesus is no Herod. Jesus is not a malevolent dictator who wants to gain authority over your life only to micromanage you and crush you as a hard taskmaster. Jesus is the king who is a servant, who came to give himself for you in love. The fact that he is in charge is good news for us and it's good news for the world because Jesus has come to confront the evil and darkness in this world and to bring in a kingdom of hope, peace, joy, and love. That's what these four candles are here for. And so Jesus is king. And for all of us who bow the knee to him and submit to him, that is good news. The question for all of us tonight is will we worship him? Would you pray with me? King Jesus, thank you for being a king unlike the kings of this world, for being a king who was willing to come to us not in, in glory and splendor, but in a, the body of an infant in a trough where animals ate out of in a backwater uh, stable. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're a king like that. And because that is true, we can trust you with our lives. And so we come to you now with the rest of the service. We give you our worship and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.